going to start the show off with that. I will tell you this, just to get myself psyched up for the show, I'm channel surfing. Harlan, have you ever seen a movie called Saturday Night Fever with John Travolta? Yeah. Still holds his own daily. That movie yeah. still holds its own. I can't believe the acting. I still think it's Travolta's greatest performance playing Tony Monero. It was just everything about him. was the, the, the meters of the movie were terrific, but that's not what the show is all about, Daily. What is it? Uh, well, we're, we're going to talk about loyalty and fan bases. What's that all about? Hmm. Raider game yesterday being there. Raider game played the Denver Broncos, got their first win. Uh, first of all, I'll show you the expression on my face. This is this is me. This is me sleeping after Raider win. You got a lot of homeless people in you. I could sleep. Oh, I'll take home. That's me sleeping. Because you know what happens usually? I was talking to JT the Brick on his show today about this. When the Raiders lose, your team lose, and you and as you get in your 60s, you have to urinate a lot at night. Every time I walk to the bathroom, John Daly, and I'm coming out of that sleep and that 10-yard walk, I'm thinking, why can't Matt Crosby sack Kyler Murray? Why did Waller drop that ball last week in the Titans game to turn the momentum? Last <laughs> night it was I, I got up and go, Matt's my God, Matt Crosby sacked the crap out of uh, Russell Wilson, and, and the Raiders finished the game. Here's the concern I had. I, I Being a diehard Raider fan, L.A., he's a diehard Detroit fan. Look, this, this is a crowd shot. Look at that. Yeah. that that's Cortland Sutton with the touchdown pass hard line. The first, look at that. That's not that's not Photoshop. I'll, I'll say it to you greatly. Vincent Bonsignor covers the Raiders for Twitter, and the review, review journal said, it's great that the Raiders got their first win in a Denver home game. It's embarrassing. You know? <laughs> Embarrassing. I, I'm not loyalty and fan bases. He comes from Detroit. I, I I watched the Lions game in the morning against Seattle. Right, it's crowd shots. No Seattle fans. The place was sold out. All right. Seattle fans travel, but they couldn't get a ticket. What Raider fans are doing is they're selling their tickets. It's a business, and it's a destination property. Why not go to Vegas? I'm finding out that the people that are coming here, including my including my two cousins daily, great room rates, continental breakfasts. The flights are cheap, and you yeah. get Vegas. The, the the stadium's right there on the strip. I get it. But when you have to go to a silent town at home and you're an iconic team like the Raiders, if they start losing Hardline, and you know this city, John, you lived there 20 years. If they start losing, that stadium's going to be 80% of the other fans, I guarantee. Yep. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yet at the same time, too, hopefully they're going to they're going to keep winning. They finally get the win there. But at the same time, too, we're, you know, Vegas is a tourist destination. This is yeah. where everybody wants to go. So you just got to kind of, it's actually where part the of it. Fans? Where the Raiders fans flying in. Where are the Raider fans flying in? There's Raider fans everywhere. There's, there's booster clubs in Youngstown, Ohio, where my wife's from. 200 deep. Shout out to Ricky Van Nord who runs that. You know, go Raiders. And there's booster clubs to the Raiders. There. Why aren't you flying in and buying the tickets? I know they're expensive, but you get Vegas for yeah. the weekend. It's cheaper to go to Vegas for the weekend with the airfare than the ticket is. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just bummed. I'm glad they won the game, but it's hard when you go to a stadium and you, there's more fans the other team. And guess what that causes also? Fist fights. You get drunk yeah. idiots going at it. It's, it's bad. It's bad news. Do you see All that? Right. Hard line. Do you see that in Detroit with the Pistons and the Tigers? And well, Tigers get anybody. But I mean, take the Lions for example. I I look at that in other teams. For example, Tampa Bay last night daily. Very few Chiefs fans. Now I know yeah. they come off Hurricane Ian. Stuff like mm -hmm. When you watch a Kansas City game next Monday night with the Raiders, keep an eye. Remember Daily Fish listeners and viewers, watch how red that stadium looks. Very yeah. few of the other teams fans. That's true. All right. All right, don't everybody. Don't compare yourself to the Lions. What? What's that? Say that again. Don't don't compare yourself to the Lions, Fish. Don't do that. <laughs> that that's we gave somebody almost fifty points yesterday. Don't compare yourself to that. 
<laughs> hey, I'm, I'm gonna dig. I'm gonna dig it, Mister Forty Two Percent. He was sixty eight, but you're, you're you're getting good. You, you hit a lot of your college games. When you score forty five points at home, you have a ninety seven percent chance of winning. Unless you're the Lions, because somebody scored forty eight. Horrible. Great game. All right, folks. Welcome to Daily Fish, coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. I'm John Daly. He is Eric Fish Schneider, and we have the hard line with us, John Hardison from the Cost of Winning podcast, and all of his sports betting advice will be coming up as well. Hey, folks, you got questions or comments? Drop them in the chat box, or if you are not watching us live, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, let's wrap up the uh, NFL weekend. Fish, what's uh, you give us some of it? What uh, what did you see, and what do you what are you thinking? Kudos to you. Kudos to I called this before one of our preview shows in NFL with Chris Landry that the NFC East was a joke. Guess what? You have three teams in NFC East hardline: the Giants, Philly, who I think is the best team in football, and Dallas Cowboys all have top ten defenses. And the Giants are just so much better than they were last year with Coach Brian Dable. So the NFC East has two three and one teams and a four and zero team that stood out to me. And I want you guys to talk more about it. I can't. I still can't get over John Harbaugh's decision with two minutes ago. To, to, to go for it on fourth and three. And the worst thing that happens is that Lamar throws an interception. If he doesn't, it's on the three-yard line. And they had a 20-3 to three lead. What did you guys see? Actually, I, one of the things I, – I, I, I'm still not seeing a dominant – who I think is a dominant team in the NFC. I do – I love the Eagles. I love what they're doing. When they get to be 7-0, then I'm going to say, okay, they're really dominant. They've got some, they got some big games coming up as far as that goes. Um, i got to tell you, I thought Mahomes – was was Houdini oh. last yeah. night. I mean, that was one of the best performances I've seen in a while. Now, granted, now the Bucks, you know, certainly the Bucks offense is is you know injured, uh, and I got to think that you know the Hurricane down there having to play that down there, the fact they even got a game going, I think it was amazing. Hats off to the uh, to the uh, workers down there, not only around the stadium but also in Tampa Bay. But I would say. Um, I thought, you know, and Mahomes the week before was horrible, but I mean, it was this week. So, hard line, what was yours? No, I completely agree with you, Daly. Uh, there's no team in the NFC that really stands out to me. I think uh, until week eight, maybe week nine, there, there's no one that I really say that's the Super Bowl team that I think is is really going to make that uh, that transition and leap right now. I think it's a wide open field. Uh, I'll tell you the three things I, I liked over the weekend for the most part was Geno Smith. And his ability to get it done, even when people didn't like him. And look, I've been knocking Gino, but he's found a way to, to win games. He's found a way to be somewhat consistent so far. Granted, it's a little bit of a soft schedule starting off. But, you know, it's good to see a guy that's waited eight years uh, to get his shot finally rise to the occasion. I love to see that the Bengals are finally getting it together. Uh, you know, look, T. Higgins is is definitely emerging even more as that better number two receiver. When you've got Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and Jamar Chase, uh, it's a scary situation. you got Joe Mixon in the back. So uh, I think a lot of people somewhat wrote off Cincinnati at the beginning. Don't necessarily write them off moving forward. Uh, the AFC North is still open. I don't think that there's a team that's that cemented their flag so far, uh, even as good as Lamar Jackson has been playing. And the last to end it on, uh, give kudos where kudos is due. Uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders for this fish. And I know you're not going to like it. This was probably the best defensive game I've seen them play one. Number two, this is the best run offense I've seen them have since uh, Latavius Murray was in the back. Josh Jacobs had over 100 yards rushing. They gave it to him almost 30 times, Fish. you How often have we seen that happen 
with the Raiders. I haven't seen a run game that good, them play a run game that well in so long, being on the offensive side of the ball. It's been so long since I've seen them tote the ball that way, and it was super effective. Uh, Credit to Josh Jacobs, who I've had an issue with uh, somewhat for the season, uh, and give credit to the other guys. The only guy that I'm still on the fence about, and you and I both said this, is still Abrams. I still haven't seen him rise to the occasion, uh, and that's a concerning factor for me. Okay. I agree with everything. That's why I'm giving you that look. I agree with everything you just said. Uh, Jacobs had 144 yards. Here you go. There he is. Jacobs had 144 yards, two touchdowns. The defense was crazy. Denver had 17 yards in the second half up until that drive where he threw the ball and hit K.J. Hamler, and then he scored – Russell Wilson scored on a a run. One addendum, though, Daly, Peter King, we know we all love this guy. He's a penultimate writer for for the NFL, for pro football talk. He gave – guess who he gave coach of the week to? He's never done this in a loss. If you've watched the New England Patriots, can you believe – Bailey Zappi sounds like someone that's a a, a, a Nickelodeon. Third street quarterback comes in daily and, and hard line. And you, if you saw the game, they took they had green. Yeah. There's a couple of I don't like blaming the rest, but there's a couple of questionable calls in that game. Yeah. And boy, I, we were all sweating because you know how many you know how many people in last man standing, and we'll talk about that later at Green Bay. And we're all, we're all but still, yeah. I mean, that's a great if you ever questioned Bill Belichick, never. That was a tremendous job in coaching. Absolutely. I would, I would that, agree that's what I thought over the NFL weekend. You're right. Everything you said is yeah. right about the Raiders. What you said is great about I agree with Daly about the seven games in for the Eagles. But I will say this. There's three defensive teams. I said this before. When your defense is great, everyone had no one. The NFC East stinks. They don't stink. Four weeks into it. So did you so, guys real quick before we get – oh, go ahead, John. I was going to say fourth-round pick out of Western Kentucky. The other thing I, that I noticed, and this is – I've been pushing for this at the beginning of the season for the Steelers – they didn't win, but I thought Kenny Pickett actually played fairly well, and he kind of gave the fans what they were looking for. Um, so I guess the question I have for you two guys is, do they stay with Pickett for the rest of the season and take the the lumps of his inexperience, or do they go back? What do you guys okay, think? I'll, I'll go first. What did Hardline say about Trey Lance? you got to stick with the guy, you know, because you know, Garoppolo got him to the player. you got to stick with the guy. He played, then they put Garoppolo in. you got to stick with this guy. And, and take the lumps. He threw three picks yesterday. And he did well, but it's his first game, and uh, Pittsburgh might be in down here. So I, I, I really believe they have to stick with him. What do you think, Hardline? No, I think you have to. You have to stick with him. I think you have to instill confidence. I think you have to instill that this is his team moving forward. And look, these are the the bumps that you're going to go through with a rookie quarterback. I mean, the game moves a lot faster in college. Everyone's good. Uh, as Bruce Arians told Peyton Manning, you know, the, the window goes from being this big to this big where the ball's got to go. And you got to just, you know, kind of get used to it. So uh, you ride it out through the season. Maybe you sacrifice the season. I know that Tomlin has uh, the record of never having a losing season. Unfortunately, this might be the first one, but it doesn't mean that it's not uh, for a good reason moving forward. What about that, Daily? What about one, 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 one last thing? I was thinking, what? How did Sarah, your mother-in-law Sarah and your wife Terry? That Cleveland game was really hard to watch because Jacoby Brissett was a throwing. Bri- I like Jacoby Brissett as a backup quarterback, but you know, um, wow, that was that was a well, tough well, one. He, very he, auto. Yeah, go ahead. Let me let me tell you the, the, a little narrative around it. Um, yesterday morning, Terry, my wife, and I went over to my mother-in-law Sarah's house, and we cleaned up all the hurricane garbage in the morning. And then she said, she goes, I'll record the game if you're going to be a little bit longer. So she recorded the game. And by the time I got to the game, I'm looking at the, at the phone. So 
I kind of know what's happening and I know they're on the verge of, of, of losing, even though it's a tight game. And so we sit down and we watch it. Now I've got to keep my mouth shut because they're watching ah. the game and they're big Browns <laughs> fans. And th- so the first drive, um, the Browns go down there. They on the fourth and three, they go for it for a touchdown and they, they lose it. And my wife says to me, she goes, that'll be the reason they lost the game. And they lost by three points. So they were, yeah, they were both pretty pissed off. I got to tell you though, I thought, I thought Atlanta's defense was incredible. And I thought Atlanta's ground game, where did that come from? I thought, I thought Atlanta really, you know, they're, I mean, are they, you know, Mariota, I thought she, I thought he did a good job, but that was a different team. I wasn't expecting to see. Well, Corderell Patterson has been around. He's a Raider. Everywhere he's gone, he's been great special teams. Now he's a running back. He's, now he's out four weeks with a with a knee injury. Mariota was seven out of nineteen for one hundred and thirty four yards and a pick. You're right. Their defense stood up against Cleveland. Before we move on, did, did, we don't have it here, but did, did you guys see? Is it just me, or does college football just stink this year so far? Did anything stand out to you guys? I watched everything. Nothing really stood out for me. Nothing. Uh, for me, it's it's the top heaviness of the Big Ten. Uh, it it basically is just going to come down to Michigan, Ohio State. There isn't really another two teams in the conference that I really see making a push or anything. It's just so top heavy. Everybody is trying to find uh, their footing, especially you know, look at Wisconsin. They just ended up firing uh, Paul Chris. We'll we'll see kind of what happens, but this year there's no kind of really? swan song or under. Yeah, they Wisconsin fired their coach. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so there. I mean, even you know, we look at Pac-12. It's kind of top heavy. Big Ten is kind of top heavy. Uh, I, I think that we pretty much has set probably the the top ten teams, maybe with one or two that we didn't expect thrown in. But it's pretty, you know, uneventful this year, unfortunately. It is so far, daily. Yeah, <laughs> the fact that Georgia almost lost to Missouri. I mean, I was watching that game. I was like, oh my gosh. I mean, they did come back, but boy, that Georgia offense was fumbling the ball all over the place, and they did finally rise to the occasion but uh hardline you were uh you know you were talking about wisconsin how about oklahoma yeah I mean, oklahoma is in, in a similar position too so you're right it's not exciting on the other hand um you know alabama could i don't know how long the you know young's going to be out i mean he you know when i was watching the game uh, gary danielson was doing the game and he said he goes I had an injury like that before. And he says, you don't know it's, it, it, you've done something until you throw the next pass. He threw the next pass. He ran off the field. Gary Danielson said he did that. And when he did it, he had entire rotator cuff and shoulder, you know, whatever, done. And so I'm wondering, because they're they're not talking. They're saying it's just a sprain. I, I hope AC that is. Joint. For AC joint. AC joint day to day, which means it'll be out two weeks. Probably. Here's the thing. If it was any other um, program, I probably would be worried. But knowing how well Alabama recruits, there's probably always a contingency for this because yep. Nick Saban is the NCAA version of Batman. There's a contingency to the contingency, right? <laughs> like Jalen Hurts doesn't play well. Tua, tackle of, Tua goes in, wins the national yep. championship. You know, Tua stays, then you got Bryce Young, and, and it goes on and on. So there's always a next man up mentality similar to uh, University of Miami in the early 2000s, and I just think that they've probably got another five-star quarterback sitting in the wind, sitting yeah. and waiting just for them to come up. Good possibility. All right, let's go to some uh, baseball. Obviously, the playoffs are going to start this week. Uh, the way we kind of see it, the Dodgers, Braves most likely uh, are going to be the one-two that will rest out. The Yankees and Astros certainly in the uh, um, in the American League. Um, what's 
what's interesting for me is that we don't have that one game uh, playoff that, you know, in and out of the wild card. I think the fact, and, and, and I'll run this past you guys, um, I think the, the, the four teams that get in, that get to rest, one of those four is going to win the World Series because I think it, it's going to give them time to rest, get the, get the bullpen and the starting pitching ready. And once you have that, I think you're okay. And the other teams are just going to be scrambling. So I, I think what the Braves did over the weekend is huge. They're two games up now. They just got to win one more game, and they've already clinched that top spot. So let me ask you this. Do you think that's true, what I just said about the top four teams that are going to rest? Will they be one of the ones that win the World Series? I'll go. Want to go first, Hardline? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. The, the, the league wants the Yankees and the Dodgers. I really believe, and I, I, I agree with you, um, Daly. The Atlanta sweep in the Mets is huge, and they're probably going to win that division. I think the – boy, I'm going to get a lot of shit for this. Hope my LA – I think Atlanta's going to beat the Dodgers again. I just – they're just – when you have someone's number – and Houston's had the Yankees' number. So, if you're asking me – I mean, this is a prediction segment. I don't think any of the wild card teams have a shot, except maybe the Mets, but nah. But I think it's going to be a repeat of last year's World Series, the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. Uh, you know what? Look, I think rest is the key to all of this. I mean, it's a very long, arduous season. Um, look, I told you before, Fish, in terms of the in terms of the Dodgers, if it's too good to be true with them, it probably is. Uh, and if they get too far ahead, usually it comes down crashing pretty hard. Do I do I think that the Dodgers being in the World Series will help Major League Baseball? Absolutely. It's a big market. A lot of people are Dodger fans. A lot of eyes will be on it as well. And do I think the Yankees being in it will help as well? Yes, I do. But uh, the Yankees give me a lot of questions. You know, we've had this conversation before. There's a lot of questions. They've had an up and down season. It hasn't been necessarily as streamlined as you would hope. You know, you would hope that they were uh, by now have gotten to 100 wins. Unfortunately, they haven't. Uh, but, you know, look, Houston has the Yankees numbers. You're talking about a Yankees fan. And I've told you that is the team for the last five years. I hate playing. I hate going down to Houston. I hate playing Houston. There is nothing about Houston that makes me happy in that situation. Now, if Houston were to lose somehow early on, just on a fluke, then, yeah, I think that, you know, New York probably makes it to the World Series. But but it's a tall task. Um, in terms of wild card, I'm I'm actually super happy to see Seattle in that wild card spot. Yeah. I mean, they they were able to flip the script, and, and God bless them. And they've gotten a lot of young talents, a lot of guys that they start locking up. So kudos to them. So hard line, though, you didn't pick. who You know, Fish came out with the Braves. Who are you picking? I'm probably going to go – I'll go with the Braves and I'll go I'll go New York. I think New York finds a way to get it done this year. Wow. I think they've been so close to it. I think they finally get a way to get it, get over that hump with, with Houston and they find a way to make it through, even though Justin Verlander, Verlander is pitching out of his mind right now, especially for his age. Yeah, well, of course, the uh, rotator cuff helps too, and he's had a couple of seasons off in between. But – Here's the amazing thing. And Fish, you, you don't know this because I didn't write this down or anything, but I'm picking the Braves and the Astros again as well. And I'm picking the Braves to repeat. And only reason is that when you watch them the last 10 days, they're the hottest team in baseball. And I love the fact that they got good young players who have some experience. I love what they're doing as far as they're signing a lot of these good young players to long-term contracts. They got like eight or nine guys who are probably anywhere from 23 to about 27, and they're signing them to long-term deals. 
I think it makes a ton of sense. I love what the Braves are doing. So I agree with you. I'm 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 going with the Braves and and with you, Fish. I'm I'm agreeing that's going to be a repeat. Harline, a reason why the Braves and the Astros are huge for baseball. They're two of the top six markets in the United States, and it brings the South into something that never watches this when it's football season. Last year, the Rays were phenomenal. It was one of the top-rated World Series, uh, and I'm, I got to move for Dusty Baker. I love this guy. Guys, real quick, go, go to 30 for 30 and watch this. I watched a two-hour documentary called The Uncivil War Between the Yankees and the Dodgers about mm-hmm. the 70s with Osorda and Billy Martin. I didn't know that Billy Martin's mom was a prostitute. You learn so much stuff about the, when I'm, I didn't know that Billy Martin and Reggie Jackson hated each other. Did you know that, Daly? Mm. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they go yeah, into this whole thing. And, and, arguing in the, in the clubhouse. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, yeah. You know, and Rob Lowe does, a, does the uh, uh, narration. It is such a great document. I learned so much. That Steve Garvey, everyone hated Steve Garvey. We all loved him in L.A. The whole team hated the guy. Thought he yeah. was a pompous ass. So it's, you're getting a great documentary. But, yeah, and the, I hope the playoffs are good. But I think the Braves and the, the, Braves and the Astros – right now will bring great ratings. I really do. Yeah, I think so too. All right. The only thing better than Braves Astros could be fish memes. What do you got there, fish? You must be uh, I got, you must have a good weekend this weekend. I did. I did. I got, uh, you know, people wanted to see, people again wanted to see what, what, cause you know, of COVID, they want to see John Hardison's mask. And I had to say, well, he, he auctioned him out. So there's that. I was going to pay up tickets. But I said, wow. How much you get for that Hardison? <laughs> iPhone yeah, 14. Yeah, come on, Mr. Let's go, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Predictions. All right, real quick, we're in a world culture thing. <laughs> uh, Daily, I'll read this. What's something you learned growing up that's apparently no longer true? Boys have a penis and girls have a vagina. <laughs> All right, so something happened over the weekend. Believe me, if they're doing a Boogie Nights too. I swear to God, if you see what Chocolate Thunder Antonio Brown looked like in that pool, his penis is at least 12 inches long. This is a cast of SpongeBob looking at his penis. <laughs> it's a <whole> cast of... <laughs> Look at SpongeBob's face and nose. I mean, he is big. And he, I, 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 I'm, I'm praying for Antonio Brown. I'm too much. He just gets in a pool and pulls his shit up. And oh, you know, all right, I got to ask you this, John. Now, John, this is going to your part of the world. When did Sammy Sosa turn into a white, fat Scottish guy? <laughs> is that Sammy Sosa? That's Sammy Sosa. Are you kidding me? He's, he's, he's wearing a blue scarf. He's wearing a Scottish-like thing. And he's, he's a, you know, he's a little lighter oh, than John and I are right now. Oh, I mean, my God. Yeah. I mean, Sammy he, looks Sosa. Like, he looks like a little bit like Grandpa from the Munsters. <laughs> <laughs> Grandpa. Al Lewis, the actor. I went to high yeah. school with his son. Dave Lewis, no actually, that's seven. Dave Lewis watches the show. His son, yeah. Son and I went to high school. He's my age. And his team. Yeah, that, that's Sammy Sosa's that listening that audience. Was also in Car 54. Sure. That's yeah. Sammy. Do you remember Sammy wow. Sosa Hardline? Look at that guy. Yeah, the guy that said no habla English, no speaking English in front of yeah. Congress after yeah. after all the years he had been here. No take yeah, a well, PED either. I, yeah, well, it, it did something to his skin tone. So that that's my memes for the week, guys. Oh wow! Hey, I got that's a question great. for you, Daily, real quick. Looking sure. at the uh, the MLB the playoff picture, do you think that the Cardinals could disrupt something if they make it past Philly when they get to the Braves? I, I think I think I they don't. can. 
Um, it, it, they might have a tough getting, time getting past the Phillies. That, that could be part of it, too. Um, the Cardinals have been hot. Are they still hot? I don't know. They, 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 they might have peaked. Uh, I'm pushing a lot for the Cardinals because Mike Maddox is a good friend of mine. He's a pitching coach. Um, I think that there's a chance they've got two superstars in, in the lineup there. So for me, uh, I, I think there's a good chance that they probably will they'll make it close. And could they could they upend Atlanta? I, I wouldn't be surprised. Um, but I'm still picking I'm still picking the Braves. But yeah, they're a good choice right there. But the Mets too. I mean, the Mets could do something. I mean, the Mets could yeah. get hot. Although the thing I don't like about the Mets is that I think their pitching staff's getting tired. I mean, Scherzer's I love Scherzer. He did what he did last year. He just got tired when he got to September and October. So I don't know. We'll see. That's for sure. All right. Hey, folks, thanks for joining us here on Daily Fish. We talk sports, entertainment, and politics, everything else in between, just like you do. No woke, no extreme, no social justice cops here. We examine all sides. We let the threes fly. We aim for the upper deck. You have questions or comments, drop them in the chat box if you're joining us live. Otherwise, email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right. Now it's time for our schmuck of the week. Who's been schmucky this week, Fish? This is a huge story. ESPN Sports Center covered this briefly, so I said I got to jump in on this one. All right, look at these two guys of hard lines. All right, <laughs> that is Chase Kaminsky and Jake Runyon. Boy, talk about two guys that are members of Mensa. Right, there is trouble <laughs> on the waterfront in Ohio. These two fishermen have been accused of cheating to make their catches seem heavier than they were, and the video proof is damning. I couldn't; they wouldn't let me get the video proof of this. They wouldn't block me. But they're both really? local in water. Yeah, and they're, they're 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 from um, Sandusky, Ohio. They were caught, they were caught. I'm trying to keep a straight face, guys. They were caught hardline stuffing their walleye with weights and other debris. With things coming to a head on Friday, as their fish were being weighed and then then cut open to expose the truth on Lake Erie, the fishing community is in an uproar. So they're schmucks. Wow. wow. And, and you know what? If you ever are up in that area, try walleye. Walleye is one of the great tasty fishes of all time. I mean, I love walleye. All right. All right. So let's see who has got the swag this week. Fish, who are we toasting? Chloe Cares. Let me show you a picture of this, this beautiful nice. woman right here. That's a young kid. This is Chloe. Wow. Chloe Thompson. Mm -hmm. You know what Chloe Thompson does? She's an eight-year-old girl who lives in South Central LA in Southern California. And on her way to school every day, Chloe would see the same people struggling with homelessness. So she wanted to help. So what this kid did was started sewing sturdy bags that people could use to hold and carry their belongings. Wow. And then she, this is, this is tear jerking. She then stuffs each bag with deodorant, soap, products, feminine products, socks, and more. And then she hand delivers the bags to people in an area along with the hug. And she sells lemonade and does everything she can to buy the stuff to put in those in those bags. And you know what? That's wow. it, 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 nothing to do with sports. You, you see a story like that. And yeah. if we have more people like that in the world, we, we're a better place. We definitely need more Chloe's. That's for sure. All right. Now our drink of the week. Who, what are we going to toast Chloe with there, Fish? What are we sipping on? Well, this is a dark and stormy. I have a little coffee. This is a dark and stormy because <laughs> daily, thank God, we pray. I, I text him every day. He had to go through Hurricane Ian. And my father-in-law went through it, lost some trees, lost power for three days. For people in his part of the country, it's, it's a common. Every time around this time of the year, Daly will tell you, between September and November 1st, you know, you're in hurricane watch. And, and he made it. And this is uh, dark rum, ginger beer, and a squeeze of lime, which is basically, it's a, that's a Moscow mill. You know that. But with the well, no, a Moscow mule would just be regular vodka. 
I know, but this this will be this would be a, this would be a dark mule, whatever you want to call it. You know, we call it. an Irish mule is Jameson, whatever you call it, a whiskey mule. But that's a, a dark and stormy is basically a mule. Um, but you know, and I'm not toasting anybody, but Chloe cares because that's a, that's that's just a great human, eight years old, and she, she, you know what? She came up with this. Her mom didn't tell her to do it. Her dad didn't tell her to do it. She says, "I want to do this." To have that kind of insight at eight years old, get the drink of the you get the drink of the week, kid. Here you go, Chloe. Mm. You know, in New England, we call it a dock and stommy. So uh, that's good. All right. Hey, the Daily Fish Drink of the Week is sponsored by Shuck's Tavern in Vegas. Great seafood and drinks in two locations. Head to Shuck's Tavern on North Durango in the northwest side of town where fish is overnight. All you got to do is go in there and say Daily Fish Podcast. You get a free drink. Do it the next day, a free appetizer. That's Shuck's Tavern. Check out Shuck's Tavern on Facebook. And we're going to talk more about that because Shucks also has our last man standing contest. So you'll be we'll be hearing a little bit more about Shucks as well. Hey folks, we are live on Facebook at daily.fish.5 on Mondays, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. Watch us on Facebook at Myrtle Beach Golf Channel and Myrtle Beach Grand Strand Life. Also, check out Daily Fish on Wingding TV, and we are also on Hey Vegas TV, and you just go to heyvegastv.com and uh, check out all of our posts and news updates. We are on Facebook and Twitter as well, so you can do all that and you can see it. All right, now let's get some bets from the Daily Fish Hardlines. Again, he is John Hardison. He has the Cost of Winning podcast focusing on fantasy sports and sports betting. He's on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. Hardline, um, Monday Night Football. You got the Rams and the 49ers. The Niners are our favorites. How are you seeing the game, and what would you pick tonight? Uh, so you know what? I actually picked the Rams tonight. I picked the Rams plus two. I know there's a lot of people that really like the 49ers, uh, especially with Jimmy G back and, uh, and Kettle back or Kittle back. But you know what? That loss of Trent Williams is big. That's a huge, huge loss that left that they pay him a lot of money to guard that left side. He's an all pro, great, great offensive tackle. Um, I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball as dominant as they have been. I know they've got some injuries at running back. They've got injuries at tackle. They've got some injuries on defense. I actually like the Rams to go in and win this game. Uh, you know what? I think this is where Matt Stafford, looking at the next couple games that he has, we has this in Dallas, he kind of starts getting it going. I think that we're going to see Allen Robinson actually rise to the occasion tonight uh, and Higby as well. So, you know what? Looking at the lack of injuries that the Rams have in comparison to the 49ers, I'm going with the Rams plus two tonight. I, I go along with that. Fish, what are you thinking? Uh, exactly what he said. Trent Williams not being there for the 49ers, it really affects their offense. And they're a running team. Debo Samuel's struggling. Um, man, Shannon can be one and three. Now, that division, you know, that, that division. Yeah. Look, who thinks yeah, – he called it earlier. Who think Geno Smith would be fourth in the league in passing? They have no yeah. defense. That's not going to last. But the NFC West, everything. The NFC East, the NFC West, everything's up. As, it's, a, it's, cra it's a crazy year. So, yeah. Definitely Rams. Pick, that's for sure. All right. Bears, what do you got in Bears-Vikings? You know what? Uh, in this game coming up, I'm taking the Vikings money line. Uh, the Vikings had a real close game in London. Uh, they're coming back from that time the time change. The Bears haven't shown me anything this year. I thought Justin Fields was going to take somewhat of a leap, and it has just been awful how the offense has been. I mean, they're they're almost towards the bottom in terms of offensive production. 
the running game is pretty much the only thing that's saving them. But even the defense isn't that good this year. Uh, you know, as much as I'm not a big fan of of the way COVID Cousins has been necessarily playing this year, I gotta oh. go with the I gotta oh. go with uh, COVID Cousins. <laughs> I, I got to go with the Minnesota Vikings in this game. I think they get it done, and I think they get the win, especially in a big divisional game as well. Yeah, Bears, Bears 32 in offense, and that, that was archaic. The Giants' defense helped them play great. But I watched, I watched that game. But, um, yeah, you know, you give Cousins credit. That, that was a great game in London, guys. You guys catch any of that? Yes. Yeah. 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 Cousins came up in the fourth quarter. Titans at the uh, Titans play um, the Washington Commanders. Love that. Love that name. That's the name of all the orgy guys, Commanders. You got the Titans at minus two and a half, right? What do you like? Yeah, I, you know what? I like the I like the Titans at minus two and a half, uh, at minus one fourteen. You know what? Looking at Washington, I thought they would be a little bit more explosive when they went down to Washington. I mean, when they went down to Dallas. Granted, Dallas has a very good defense, uh, but even with Cooper Rush being at quarterback, they weren't really able to get to him as much. They weren't really able to do as much. I thought maybe Carson Wentz would do a little bit more, especially Antonio Gibson as well, seeing as the last time they played, they had such a good game. Uh, but I. I don't think the the Washington Commanders defense has an answer for Derrick Henry. I think Derrick Henry has a hell of a game on Sunday. I think he gets probably over 100 yards. I wouldn't be surprised to see Robert Woods at least get to 70 as well. I think this is where, you know, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Tannehill starts to get things going a little bit. And look, the AFC South, other than the Jags, there's no big team that, that really is pushing forward. Um, so, you know what? This is their time to play a little catch-up if they want to catch the Jags. Yep. Uh, good. We will. Uh, that's going to be one of my picks for when we do the last man standing a little later on in this block. Uh, Eagles and Cardinals. This this is actually kind of a really intriguing game for what we're going to see for the rest of the season. What do you got in this one? Uh, you know what? In this game, I'm going to take the over of 49 and a half at minus 110. I think that you're going to see Jalen Hurts and I think you're going to see Kyler Murray running a lot. I think they're going to make a lot of plays with their feet. Um, definitely this is going to be interesting to see Hollywood Brown and AJ Brown, uh, out there just catching dimes all over the place. Uh, the one X factor that I think with the Cardinals is going to be really interesting is going to be Connor. I think that he's going to get some yards. I think he's going to make some difference. That Cardinal defense hasn't sold me. Um, and I think the Eagles could pick them apart, but I do think that this is going to be a high scoring event. Before we get to college. Um, just make a quick comment on this. There's, there's two coaches on the hot seat, according to NFL.com and Peter King. Okay. Yeah. Ron Rivera with the Commanders and Matt Rule with Carolina. He says Daly's down that area, lost the locker room. And Baker Mayfield says, I don't care about the fans. Will we see, over under, over under eight games, will we see a coaching change midseason in the NFL? I think that you'll see a, a coaching change over eight what, games. Um, over eight? I think Carolina. Over over eight games. I think Matt Rue. Okay. I think that it's it's over down there. I think that Ron Rivera has a little bit more cachet that he can make it stretch a little bit longer, uh, especially because, look, he's dealing with mercenary quarterbacks. Uh, last year he had Hinky. This year he's got Carson Wentz, and they didn't sign him for very long term. Uh, in terms of everything that's been going on with Carolina, look, he's lost the majority of his games. What they say is like one in 20-something in when teams have scored 17-plus points. They can't. The defense is bailing them out down there. But, look, Bob McAdoo is not doing his job. Rue's not doing his job. Uh, Baker Mayfield, look, I said this before, and I'll say it again, and Daly can quote me on this. I think that it's something about Baker Mayfield's attitude that rubs people the wrong way that they just don't want to deal with him. 
And I think until he gets that chip off of his shoulder, if off of his chest, it's not helping because they're already talking about if Sam Darnold starts to show pro- progression, he's going to take over that team. And the fact that you're going to lose a starting quarterback job to Sam Darnold, Mr. I'm seeing ghosts, tells me how good that you've been playing. <laughs> Baker right, Mayfield yeah. Baker Mayfield looked at the kind of guy daily that you knew in high school that thought he was the shit, you know. And he walks up to the one guy that, that's got a pencil thing and a, his glasses over there and takes on the guy knocks him out, you know. He just he's yeah. just, he's just Pussy. Choose my language. Well, college he lives, football. College he lives football. In a stadium. No, no. Baker Mayfield lives in a stadium. That's why you that's why you're well, so used to Cleveland. But now just uh, now Deshaun Watson put massage parlor tables all over there. <laughs> maybe, maybe Deshaun Watson's getting a massage from Baker. I can't say it. Washington State. Well, we have, we will go some no, let's do Florida State. Florida State, NC State. Interesting because NC State really did not come through against uh, Clemson last week. And uh, Clemson played much better than I thought they were going to. So Florida State, uh, NC State, what do you what do you got on that one, Harlan? You know what? I'm going to take Florida State plus three. I think Florida State might be just a little bit better than NC State this year. Uh, they've gotten a little bit more better wins than than NC State has gotten, uh, especially when you consider, look, they, they beat LSU starting off. They're 4-1. and one. No one really expected this. Uh, they're a bit of an underdog story, but I think that they could get it done. Uh, this week against against them, I I think that Florida State gets the win. All right, I, uh, you picked you've got you got Washington State and USC. I I un, under sixty six. SC is going to go undefeated. You know that. Yeah, I, I mean, look, SC is, is their solid program this year. I mean, what a turnaround in such a quick period of time. I didn't think that this was this turnaround was going to go as quickly. But look, I mean, he was able to poach some really good uh, transfers. In the transfer portal where we talk about Williams, we talk about Addison, we talk about Die. I mean, those are guys that we're talking about are probably going to go in the first, second, third rounds of this year's draft if they decide to declare, especially Addison going in the first round. Uh, I Looking at kind of the way that they go, I don't think that they get past the 66 and a half, 66 in the hook. I think they stay somewhat under. I think that Washington State makes it a little bit more competitive than what people think, but I still think USC gets the win. All right, Volunteers against LSU. Uh, what are you going with that one? This is a good matchup. I mean, Tennessee kind of came out of a little bit of nowhere where a lot of people didn't think about them. I mean, especially because of their their history of everything going on. I actually like the Volunteers' this matchup. Um, I'm going to just take them on the money line at minus 142. Uh, they're averaging 366 pass yards a game, a game at 48 points per game, which is huge for a college football program, especially in the SEC. Uh, I'm taking Tennessee. All right. Real, real, real quick, Daly. Real quick, Daly. Caleb Williams will be a first round. Caleb Williams, the transfer from Oklahoma, came with him. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I watched all the SC games. Phenomenal. Him, Stetson Bennett, Bryce Young, I don't care about his injury, and C.J. Stroud are first round draft picks. This is going to be a great draft for quarterbacks. Yeah, I would agree. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go back to the last man standing, um, which is a contest that is put on by Shucks Tavern, as we mentioned Shucks before. We eat. Um, uh, we barely eked one out, Fish. You and I. We got the Packers, Ooh. and and you know, and even even <laughs> Aaron Rodgers was saying this, this is not how you win games. Uh, and he said, if we can't we can't continue doing this. But uh, so, w- where do we stand, Fish, uh, right now in the uh, last well, man stand? Harline's got a loss, but we lost. We had nine people out of fifty without a loss. We lost one. A good friend of the show, Todd Edwards, had Indianapolis. There's eight wow. people without a loss. But now I think we have 26 people out because people had Detroit. Someone had Pittsburgh. Two, three or four people took Detroit over Seattle. I can see that. And yeah. someone had Pittsburgh and someone else. So 
right now there's eight without a loss. Gailey and I combined are one of them. Hardline's still alive. Um, but yeah, that's it. Let let me throw out to you, Fish, because again, we want folks to come and help us on this. Um, I'd pick Seattle over New Orleans. I'd pick Tennessee over Washington and Jacksonville over Houston. What games are you thinking, Fish? I wouldn't touch any of those. The Seattle over right. New Orleans, the one's got a great defense in Seattle. I, I wouldn't touch Tennessee over Washington. It's just, you know, it's a weird year. The one game I would touch, don't laugh, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in Buffalo. I, I The rookie quarterback starting his first game, Buffalo, I, I just – got to go with the team, the best chance of winning. I looked at it. I did, Buffalo's got a 79% chance of winning. I hate to say it also, Kansas City over the Raiders. I mean, they, they dominated the Raiders. Mahomes is seven and one against him. It's in Kansas City. Did you watch yeah. the Kansas City Tampa game last night? Yeah. You said that earlier in the show. I'm sorry. Phenomenal. So I'm rooting for the Raiders to win, but Kansas City or Buffalo. Okay, uh, Hardline, before we get to yours, we just want to let folks know we need your input for Fish and Me. Uh, you helped us out so far as we are undefeated. And remember, we're going to donate our winnings to charity. So if you have suggestions, Again, we haven't decided on the games yet. I Obviously, I gave my three fish and like. So give us yours. Email us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. All right, Hardline, what are you thinking in the last man standing this week? Man, talk about heart palpitations last week. I kept sitting there. I was like, the Packers are going to find a way to screw me. Gosh, <laughs> they were going to find a way to screw me. I was I was debating uh, Saturday morning kind of just between the Packers and the Cardinals, and, and luckily both of them won. I was trying to figure out which one uh, gave me the better opportunity. But, but for this week, if you haven't used them yet, I like the Jags. I like the Jags over Houston. And I actually like the Patriots over Detroit. I just think that that defense that the Patriots have, uh, going up against Aaron Rodgers last week and, and not being able to fold, um, they bend, but they didn't break. I, I think that they get the win at home against Detroit. Uh, Detroit's got a hard time scoring against decent defenses. And I think even with if Brian Hoyer doesn't play and they go with the, the third-string quarterback, I think that New England gets a win. Um, I know it's a team that a lot of people pretty much aren't super happy about, but I think if you can use the New England this week, um, it allows you other teams with better schedules moving forward. So it's something that you can keep moving on. All right. There we have it. Uh, and that is the Daily Fish Hardline with John Hardison of the Cost of Winning Podcast. You can find him here with us. Also on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast Hardline. Stick around because we got some more controversy to talk about. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about this. Take a look at this. This is called the One Glove. It's a new sponsor for us. So, um, and this is a new kind of glove. Fish, look at look at the finger. But only cover. I'm, I'm lost. When, when do we get a new sponsor? <laughs> we got a new sponsor. Yeah, yeah. Because we're gonna. Well, you, you, well, are they yeah. are they pay, are they paying us? Absolutely, they're going to. Yeah, sure they are. <laughs> once we once we start selling all these, and this is again, this is a new golf glove. Uh, everybody seems to like I'm actually hitting with it. Uh, you can see some stuff. Well, I, I thought I sent you some photos of that anyway. But if you're interested in that, go to theonegolfglove.com and you can buy it there. And remember, this thing is it's washable, so it lasts three or four times more than a regular golf glove. But when you go to theonegolfglove.com, Dot com, all you got to do is put in the promotion code DAILYFISH, you're going to get a discount. So there you go, theonegolfglove.com. All right, let's turn to a little bit of controversy, some politics and stuff that's going on. Hey, we had actually what was a horrible sports story 
from Indonesia. 125 people were killed, 300 were, were injured in a stampede after a huge soccer game. And it was the home team that lost. Um, I got to tell you this, and I'm I'm trying to read more stuff as to why this is happening, why this has gone on. And the fact is, is that Indonesia's had this before. Fish, you were one of the first ones to actually say to me, hey, take a look at this. Yeah, it's, it's, I saw some of the video. I was going to show some of it, but it's too much. It's I, you know, I, 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 it's hard to watch because you're actually seeing people getting stepped on and suffocating. Yeah. Like that's how you yeah. die in these things. Mm-hmm. Tap before three times. All right, and I don't get it. And you have, you wrote some things, and I read, I read some of your notes. It's prevent. It's not preventable. People go crazy in those type situations. They're, they're shooting tear gas in the crowd, and you can't. You're running, and you're, you're trying to get out of there, and you just, you know, a person goes down. Kids were killed. It's it's yeah. it's insane. This should never happen, anyways. But at a sporting event, and it ha- it's happened before. There's an old saying: those who forget the past are condemned to repeat it. Yep, that's true. Hardline got anything on that? No, I, I disagree with uh, with Fish. I think it is preventable, but I think there's measures that have to be put in place. And look, we have the World Cup. We have, um, you know, Copa all the time in which these things don't necessarily happen, but it's being proactive. One, I think it's stopping, especially in a lot of these countries, overselling tickets. I mean, especially in this indication, in this situation, they oversold tickets and they were past capacity. I mean, that makes an issue right there. I think having multiple exits makes a difference. In order to get people out, I think having barricades to stop people from jumping in and over into the fields, I think these things make a difference. I think you have to be proactive. I think that, look, in a lot of these countries, and I remember Matt Damon was talking about this um, not too long ago because his wife, I believe, is from Brazil or uh, maybe it's Argentina down that way. And he was saying that, look, when they go into these stadiums, there's different um, barriers in which they separate not only the teams, but they have areas where you go through and you come out because they know all these situations are happening. This is nothing new. I think it's just being proactive and actually having steps in place to make sure that guests get in and out quickly. Um, I think leave, I think illuminating everything makes a difference. They're not supposed to use tear gas. That's one thing that the international committee says that you're not supposed to use tear gas because it does come up with these situations of people, um, you know, getting into this uh, situation. But I think that there's measures that we could take to make it better. Look, as much as we talk about the the guest or we talk about the people watching the game, we also got to think about the player safety as well because those people are running on into the field and God knows what's going to happen to them as well. Yeah, I just I'm trying to figure out what the motivation was. Was it they were angry at the home team or they angry at the visiting team? And um, but you know, I, just, you know I, I got a bone to pick with you hard on that one because you're talking about perspective of someone that lives in a civilized country. In those countries where they have this stuff, they don't think like we do. It's like someone argued me with what about Brittany Griner and said, well, what what she did is a fifty dollar fine in the United States, but she didn't know what the rules were there. Okay. And there's things you can do in other countries. Other countries have different standards than we do. Yeah, it's preventable. It doesn't happen here, but it's happened there numerous times. So you're an idiot for going to a game there, number one. And you're an idiot. I hate to say this and sound horrible, but if it happens, it's happened before. And it's going to happen yeah, again. Sure. we got to stop looking at things the way Americans do. We're never going to have that happen in America. I mean, you're going to have, you're going to have maybe something happen at a concert, something like that. We have to worry about people getting shot at concerts, unfortunately. But I get it. That that there is preventable, but it's not. Okay, let's move on. Topic number two, when we're talking about politics and controversy here, um, yeah. and Fisher, you you kind of coined this perfectly. Doctor Strangelove going on here, 
And yeah. uh, you're yeah. talking about Vladimir Putin. And I got to tell you, I think the fears are legitimate that this could turn into something nuclear. Fish, go ahead. Uh, you, 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 you think the world's coming in every time I talk to you, but I don't <laughs> like the rhetoric going on on both sides. I mean, Dr. Strange was a great movie. It's a parody on nuclear war with P your favorite actor from the Pink Panther movies. Peter Sellers is in that movie, correct? Yep. Way back in the 70s. Absolutely. Um, Putin, because he's back, has called up 300,000 troops. They're getting their asses kicked. They're getting their asses kicked. Their defense was the Detroit Lions defense yesterday. They're, they're, the, the, the Ukrainians are putting a counteroffensive on and a war. And Daly and I talked about this on our morning walk. He there, me here, drinking our coffee and walking our dogs 3,000 miles away. They thought it'd be over in six weeks, Hardline. It's now going into seven, eight months. And Ukrainians have tremendous, tremendous motivation and momentum. This guy's a nut job, Putin. And he's, he's called up 300,000 troops. People are leaving Russia. And he's threatening dialogue with his generals, tactical nuclear weapons, which you know what that would do to the, the country of Ukraine? We'll make it obsolete for 25 years, and that cloud will go into other nations, right? And what, we, what does General Petraeus say and some of our people in Biden's administration, idiots? They said, well, if he uses nuclear war, we're going to take out all the Russian troops there. In the movies that start nuclear war, this is exactly what happens, is what's going on. The dialogue's going on between our two countries is exactly what happened. In Threads, which is a great nuclear war movie, came out of Britain 83, the day after, with Jason Robards, came out. All the nuclear war weapon movies you see is the same kind of divisive dialogue. So I don't think it's going to happen, but Daily does. So let's get this, let's get these podcasts in before the cloud comes. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to say I think it it's going to, but I, I certainly, because of the rhetoric, it it, it kind of... It, you know, it gets it gets to me a little a little scary there. Uh, you know, he could just hit military targets with something nuclear. He could just hit cities. One of the things they're talking about is he might actually launch a nuclear bomb above Ukraine in the atmosphere that could fry their electrical grid and then just take everything out. So I guess still the radiation. question is, yeah, still radiation. Yeah, yeah. Hardline. I want your opinion on this, Hardline. But my wife has second graders who talked about this. Ask her every day. She goes, another second grader. Is there going to be a nuclear war? That's going to affect us. You know what? The stress on a fucking eight-year-old. Come on. You know yeah. how fucking stupid. I'll say it. I'll say it again. I get pissed off. If women ran this world, none of this bullshit would happen. With men at their dicks, with Antonio Brown pulling their dicks out in pools, none of the dick shit and egos would happen if men, women ran this fucking world. You thought Thatcher, Merkel, and Dira Gandhi, gold to my ear. When women run this the, the world, the woman down in Australia, what in New Zealand? By the way, she's gorgeous. Um, I'm telling you. People think I'm an asshole for saying that. Why don't men? Why is it? What woman's a Putin or Trump? Yeah. No offense. Sometimes yeah. you know, I don't get it. Well, they they elected a couple of them anyway. Hardline, go I ahead. Say, they, I was going to say Marjorie Taylor Greene, but uh, you know, look, yeah. look, look. Uh, you know, it it is um, something that's possible. Do I think it's going to happen? No, I think the threat is bigger than it, than it actually happening um, overall. But look, I mean, you know, we're in a different world, fish, and unfortunately, like. I, I hate saying it, but there is a lot more going on that are on the minds of children that probably when you were a kid or I were a kid, you never would have thought would have happened. It's something that you either say it's in a movie or it never would have happened. And unfortunately, nah. like this is their daily life of things kind of really happening. You know what I mean? Uh, like, look, you have bomb drills where, you know, you, you covered yourself with the desk. Unfortunately, you know, with school shootings and other things, these are what these kids have to deal with because it's a reality of life. Do I hope that, you know, Putin doesn't go to this extreme? No. Do I think that he's capable of it? Absolutely. 
Um, I got to tell you, when I was seven years old, the Cuban Missile Crisis happened. We were all scared. And even as kids, we, we, we thought about it. And since that time, nuclear proliferation had, had subsided. So this is totally different. And the fact that there's a war going on and right. they're talking about nuclear. We weren't fighting Russia at the time. There was no Cuban war going on down there at the time. There was just talk and they were going to deploy. And fortunately, JFK and Khrushchev woke up and they made sure that it didn't happen. Um, so this, to me, I can remember how scared I was as a seven-year-old kid when I was doing that. And at the same time, too, I got to think, I feel bad for those kids and Vicky, you know, having yeah. to having to deal with those kids. It's 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 pretty scary. But and, let's, and, let's and I'm, I'm, I'm mad at the Biden administration for, for bringing the dialogue up. Just let it go. Let him say what he's going to say. Let's let's do. You know, I, I, I can't. Yeah, I feel about politicians are all idiots. Everyone. Well, and there's there's a couple of sides to that. But we'll we'll talk about that because uh, Fish, we had great reaction last week when all of us oh. talked about the afterlife here. And, um, you know, people were dying to hear what we had to say. Wait a minute. That's all right. Anyway, go ahead. Wow. <laughs> He's got a midnight show, the two drink minimum. Try the veal. <laughs> I had a lot. I, I was shocked that, and, and uh, the people in my family, I was shocked that how many people have gotten a hold of me through the emails that don't believe there's an afterlife. It just ends. It just ends. And I have a hard time. Maybe it's because I'm denial. I have a hard time believing it just ends. Because if it just ends, then Hitler literally got away with six million murders and displacing ten million families. All right, it just ends. It's over. There's no, you know. And religion voices the fact that what happens in, in Muslim, you, you die and you get seventy-two versions, right? You have to repent in in Catholicism. You go to heaven, you go to hell, based on and your and, and on the judgment and tone for your sins. If there's no afterlife, and a lot, I would say eighty percent of the people that watch that podcast got a hold of me, whether in the bar or not, uh, and said, there's no afterlife. It's just over. And I was shocked by young people saying that. I, I, I really thought there would be the opposite reaction. Are you guys shocked by that? Go ahead, Hardline. Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, I think just because of how many different uh, religions there are in the world and beliefs, I think that, you know, a lot of people have the idea that there's got to be something uh, past this life. So it is a little bit surprising, but I, I think that a lot of people are just like, you know, look, Life sometimes is just like the end of the Sopranos. It just it's a cut scene and that's it. And you live your life and, and however it's gonna be is how it's gonna be. And you don't have to deal with the consequences of the things you do because you're no longer here. I think that sometimes the idea of, you know, with everything that's been going on with with this religion believes this, this that religion believes that. I think sometimes there's a disconnect with it, but I, I do think that there's still quite a people that have to believe that there's at least something. Maybe that's not this grandioso place that we're all going to, but at least there's something. Let me ask you this, Bailey. If you knew there was, it was, a, it was a scientific fact that there's no afterlife, okay? Then would you be more prone to steal something from a store and not feel guilty about it, or do something bad to somebody else, knowing, hey, you know what? All right, I'm not gonna have to, because the guilt that I always think, am I doing enough to get into heaven? Because I want to believe there's something after this. Because I believe. The hell that you live is the shit you go through on this earth, whether it's health reasons. Everyone's got stress in their lives, all right? Yeah. If, I, if I think there was no afterlife, would you take that other risk of doing bad things to people? Because humans, we've been in wars throughout uh, you know, centuries, and there's always some kind of conflict going on. We don't live in peace. Or would you go the other way and do nicer things 
and say, I could leave this thing known when it's blank, when it's Sopranos and it's phase the black, that in my own mind, I did something good when I'm on my deathbed. I don't know. You know, yeah. it's weird. I, I think the latter, and we're never going to have any scientific proof one way or another uh, of whether there is or not. But what's really interesting is, is that I'm not surprised at it because what's what we're seeing happening now is, and you know, we were just joking about, oh, if women were running it, you see who the new uh, prime minister of Italy is. I mean, it's it's a woman who's a neo-Nazi. Um, so we're beginning to see, and we're beginning to see a lot of the the far far right that talks about religion but doesn't follow religion. And then on the other hand, if you look at all the um, uh, statistics in the United States, organized religion attendance is dropping, or people going to is dropping dramatically. So for me, uh, I'm a little bit frightened that they don't think there's an afterlife, so they don't think there's a, a, a recompense. And I think that may be one of the reasons why we're kind of separating as a people here. That's, uh, you know, that's-, that's I'll tell you one good. thing. I have a lot of family in Australia, Hardline, right? And I talked to my brother-in-law yesterday. He congratulated me on the Raider game. And I can't understand the guy. He's got a heavy Australian accent. So, <laughs> but he says he was talking about we're talking about the same thing. I asked I, I asked people about it, and he believes in the afterlife. Make a long story short, he says, you know, one thing we don't worry about, and our kids don't ask us, gun violence. There's no gun violence since 1988. Don't worry about going. How many times Vicky's kids say to her, my wife, are we gonna get shot today? Because people walk into schools, we are laughed at around the world, and I get people get pissed at me for saying that. We are laughed at as archaic we are. That you know, I'm a gun guy. I believe in guns. I don't believe in, I don't believe in assault weapons. But the fact that, you know, that we have mass shootings all the time, and we try and defend that our, our Second Amendment, that's fine. But you're gonna learn that the 10 percent that don't abide by the gun rules are the ones gonna ruin it for everybody else. That's in life. So I mean. Fisher, in their review, using common sense. How well, dare you use common sense? I don't. I don't know why you have to have a street. Uh, you know, uh, Metro. Thank God. Thank God for Sucks Tavern. Metro eats for free most nights. Yeah, in Vegas, and they get half price. And I would detect Detective Vic. I'm not can't use his last name. Came in. And he said, "Fish." Two weeks ago, he came in. He goes, "I just we just arrested me and and uh, Tony arrested four 15 year olds that had Uzis. How the fuck does a 15 year old get an Uzi?" Okay, the only black market guns are on. So the gun advocates, and I said, I believe you should have a gun if you want one. The protectors, I, I totally believe that. I don't believe you saw weapons. How are fifteen-year-olds getting Uzis on the streets? All right. Yeah. So until we better ourselves as people, and I guarantee you, if there's no afterlife, there's more fucking shootings. I'm telling you. Oh, I'll kill everybody. What do I care? I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to go to hell. If my mom said I would, if I don't do it, if I, you know, if you do it, you're going to do it. <laughs> Hardline, I'll give you, the last, give you the last line, Hardline. Go for it. We're almost out of time. No, I think that you you raise a very valid point. I think it's true. And look, I, I got to kind of side with Fish on that. You know, there is a question of how are they, how are they getting guns? How is it this easy and obtainable in, in that situation in the black market? And look, that's something that's got to be the crackdown on. And that's kind of where it got to start first is why is it so easy and, ups, and uh, easy to obtain this? Um, and sometimes in certain situations, easier than getting a driver's license. And that's a problem. All right, folks, we are Daily Fish coming to you from Vegas and Myrtle Beach. We hit sports entertainment. And as you can hear, politics and everything in between. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, and Amazon. You can use all those channels to hear our different interviews with a special guest as well. You can want to write to us. And there are special guests right there. Write, write to us at dailyfish1 at gmail.com. 
Com. All right, guys, we got a lot in today and uh, good stuff. Looking forward to next week as well. Some good, you know, got the baseball starting, so that's good. Hey, guys, the, real quick, we got uh, 30 seconds. Next week on Monday, Hardline, this is up your alley, we are going to preview the National Hockey League, which starts next Tuesday. So yeah. here we go, another nine months of that. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Real quick, Daly, don't you let people say football season is too long? Yeah. Watch baseball, hockey, and basketball. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice.